slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, hello everybody, and welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody is safe and well. Rough night last night for the Islanders. They fall in Pittsburgh to the Penguins, four to one. A game where they had a lot of opportunities, came so close, but something just wasn't quite clicking for the Islanders. We're going to break it down for you on today's show. Part of the issue and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later on, when you live by the sword, you die by the sword. This was the flip side of the Islanders' usual defense-first system, and we'll talk about that on today's show. We also have our Islanders' birthday of the day and a full preview of Saturday's game in Pittsburgh when the Islanders get a chance at a little revenge on the Pittsburgh Penguins, so we'll have all of that for you today. If there's something Islanders-related that's on your mind, you have a question, a topic you'd like us to discuss, a comment you'd like to make, please feel free to send us an email. The email address is LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your name and tell us where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter, the Twitter handle at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter. It's Ice Wars NYR VSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all of the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And uh, we'll do that throughout the weekend. And of course, during games, if you're following me on Twitter, I am usually tweeting out my observations during the Islanders games and keeping you up to date with analysis as it happens. So. The 4-1 to one loss, the eight-game point streak is over, and I'm not panicking. Uh, there is no reason to panic. But realistically, these kind of nights are going to happen. And when you are a defense-first team like the New York Islanders, you are going to experience evenings like or games like the Islanders did last night where things are just not quite clicking for you, where, you know, you need, for example, you had the uh, the breakaway uh, shorthanded where Cal Clutterbuck hit the crossbar. Uh, you know, a half an inch lower, and it's a two-to-one hockey game, and it's a whole different complexion. A lot of the time, the Islanders, I think, maybe they're starting to even read their press clippings a little bit, and things just got like they were trying to make perfect plays, trying to set up really good scoring opportunities. And, you know, they had 32 shots on goal, and that's usually more than enough for this team. But too many of those shots, you know, they missed. 
Uh, they had shots at goal that weren't on goal, and they just weren't quite sharp, both in the attack zone and in their own zone. And you look back at the play in their own zone, that is where I think this team lost it. And if it wasn't for Simeon Varlamov and the strong goaltending that he gave the Islanders, this game would have been out of hand a lot sooner, and the results would have been a lot worse. Now, you look at the numbers, the Pittsburgh Penguins had 37 shots on goal in this hockey game. And a lot of those shots, uh, I would say two-thirds of those shots, at least, were high-quality opportunities in the high-danger zone. So the fact that the Penguins only scored four goals and only three of them coming off of Simeon Varlamov is actually pretty impressive because the Islanders uh, did one thing that was very uncharacteristic of an Islanders team coached by Barry Trotz over the last two-plus seasons. They were sloppy in their own zone. They turned the puck over. They had difficulty clearing the puck. And on more than a few occasions, they did not do a good job of coming back and picking up a player who was uh, open and the results were goals. Uh, Certainly the Teddy Bluger goal in the second period, that was a rebound where nobody could have done much because Bluger just happened to be in the right place and the rebound, it just came right to him. So, two perspectives here. Uh, Perspective number one, offensively, this team just wasn't sharp. They just weren't quite clicking. They weren't playing terribly, but they just were a little bit out of sync and trying a little too hard to be perfect and and make that beautiful pass and then set up that perfect shot. And, And I think that that was a little bit of their undoing. It's almost like the Islanders are saying, hey, we're finally getting a little attention from the national media. Look at how well we're playing. We can do this every night. And, you know, you, the, the bottom line is you got to stick with what it is that makes you successful if you want to continue to be successful. And offensively, the Islanders didn't do a very good job of that last night. Defensively, just a sloppy performance. And look, part of it is hats off to the Pittsburgh Penguins. When you face a team that has uh, a Sidney Crosby and an Evgeny Malkin and a Chris Letang, and, uh, you know, when, when you look up and down this roster, you realize there's a lot of talent here. And the Islanders just had too many breakdowns, too many turnovers, too many sloppy plays to efficiently get the job done, and the result was that they gave up, you know, three goals plus the empty netter, and yeah, uh, just not the Islanders' night. They came close a few times, had some chances, but couldn't get it done, and at the end of the day, the New York Islanders' eight-game win streak or eight-game point streak has ended, and That's, uh, you know, not their best performance, to put it lightly. But when we come back, you know, we still have our Islanders' birthday of the day. We still have a preview of Saturday's game in Pittsburgh, but I'll tell you why. It is way too soon to worry too much 
about what happened last night in Pittsburgh. Lots more to get to on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islanders fans, today's podcast is brought to you by your friends at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football season may be over, but you still have the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL. They're in full swing. Major League Baseball, believe it or not, pitchers and catchers have reported it's not that far away. And look, BetOnline even covers things like awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on Almost anything you can imagine, Bet Online has you covered. Also, for all the news, scores, and odds, it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Right now, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So if you put $100 in your account, they'll put $50 more in there absolutely free. So head on over to betonline.ag, betonline, your online sportsbook experts. We're covering everything you need to know about the Islanders, but what about the rest of sports? Well, now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes, subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. So I'm going to tell you why right now that it's way too soon to panic when you look at the results of last night's game. And yeah, the eight-game point streak, as I mentioned, is over. But you know what? This team still has the ability to play well. And you're not going to have a great game Every night, there are nights when things don't click or when you play a little sloppy. And the fact that this team is in good hands, that they have a future Hall of Fame coach in Barry Trotz, at least I I think he's going into the Hall, uh, you got a solid group of uh, defensemen and four lines that players that know how to play the system that Barry Trotz wants them to play. I don't see too many breakdowns like this happening in a row. This team is too consistent and too fundamentally sound overall. But look, this is where Barry Trotz has to earn his money. And this is why it's a good thing that the Islanders have Barry Trotz. And that is, you got to get this team to regroup. And we saw late in the game the frustration that this team showed, and all of a sudden, you know, all kinds of penalties start uh, piling up. Matt Martin got a 10-minute misconduct after uh, going after Mike Matheson in the last two and a half minutes of the game. Scotty Mayfield went after Evgeny Malkin, and the two of them both got 10-minute misconducts. All understandable, uh, get your frustrations out, but they've got to come back and regroup for Saturday night and just play the kind of hockey that got them that eight-game point streak. And, you know, unfortunately, when you face the Buffalo Sabres, and I'm not saying this to put the Sabres down, but there was a Buffalo team that hadn't played in more than two weeks that was facing the Islanders on a back-to-back situation. You caught that team at the right time. And now Pittsburgh 
you know, it wasn't quite that, you're not that fortunate in that Pittsburgh is uh, a more talented offensive team than Buffalo, and they weren't coming off the two-week layoff, and it, it, it made a difference. So, time for the Islanders to regroup. You got to keep it simple under these circumstances. Go out there and get things going. You know, the only goal that the Islanders got, it came on the power play, Brock Nelson putting it home, but Nelson, it's time for Brock Nelson to get things started, and, you know, Barry Trotz tried in the third period to juggle his lines and get something started. You saw the Bavillier, Nelson, and Bailey line, which was so successful in the playoffs last year, reunited uh, they need to get Brock Nelson untracked at even strength. And you look at the numbers right now for Brock Nelson, he's got, you know, four goals, and I believe all of them have come with the extra attacker. He has yet to score at even strength, and that is something they absolutely have to do in order to you know, get this offense going. And I, I'm willing to bet that Michael Dalcole returns to the lineup on uh, Saturday. He had been playing pretty well, and uh, they took him out, put in Kiefer Bellows. Bellows, pretty invisible. He's a minus two, only plays seven minutes and 47 seconds of ice time. He had three hits but did not manage a shot on goal. And I'm beginning to believe at this point in his career that Bellows is in a difficult situation because he needs, realistically, to probably be on the second line to be at his most effective. And playing him on the third line and asking him to primarily be a checker does not play to his strength. Now, he needs to learn how to do that. He needs to play better in his own zone if he's going to get a regular shift and get regular ice time under Barry Trotz. So it's sort of a catch-22, but I just think you're not maximizing the talent and abilities of Kiefer Bellows playing him as a bottom six forward uh, on most occasions. Oliver Wallstrom also playing out there, and he... I just, I think, did a better job, you know, as far as he's adapting very well to that role. Three shots on goal for Wallstrom, and I like this kid's shot. It's a heavy shot, and I think he will be uh, a goal scorer when all is said and done, and he fully develops his to his potential. So that part of it is a good thing. Another observation that... I wanted to mention, and I will talk about it more next week. You know, we've talked so much about this Islanders team juggling players on the third line, especially, but juggling lines, juggling certain players in and out of the lineup, whether it's Leo Kamarov, Michael Dalcole, uh, Kiefer Bellows, Oliver Wallstrom, uh, you know, so many guys coming in and out, Ross Johnston in and out of that third line. The defensemen, Right now, the Islanders have played exactly six defensemen all year in 16 games. And that is something that we're going to talk about, I think, on Monday's show. But uh, 
it, it's a double-edged sword, and, I, and I'll explain why when we get a chance. All right, we're going to have our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we'll look ahead to Saturday night's game, a rematch in Pittsburgh against the Penguins, all that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Islander fans, today's show is also brought to you by Built Bar. It is quite simply the best-tasting protein bar ever, and it comes in 18 amazing flavors. They've got flavors that have nuts, flavors that are nut-free, and listen to some of these great flavors. The new ones, Apple Almond Crisp, Cookies and Cream, Caramel Brownie, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Cherry Barcia, Carrot Cake, and that goes with Salted Caramel, Double Chocolate, Raspberry, and Toffee Almond, and Peanut Butter Brownie. All of them are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are great for the keto diet because they are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Let's talk about my favorite flavor, cookies and cream. 17 grams of protein in every bar, only 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. That's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Islander fans, every Friday on Locked On NHL, join Joe DiBiase of Locked On Sabres and Tom Gazzola of Locked On Oilers as they round up the biggest stories of the week in the NHL and get you prepared for the league's busy weekend slate of games. From breaking down the latest blockbuster trade to sizing up the rivalry matchups on Saturday night, Joe and Tom have every angle of the league covered to close your week. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get podcasts. So, time for our Islanders' birthday of the day, and I want to wish a very happy 53rd birthday to former Islanders winger Rob DeMaio. DeMaio, selected by the Islanders in the sixth round of the 1987 draft, joined the team during the 1988-89 season, and remained an Islander through the end of the 91-92 campaign. Later went to Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, Boston, briefly with the New York Rangers, Carolina Hurricanes, and Dallas Stars before finishing up his career with a second stint with the Lightning. For a guy who was drafted that late, uh, 894 games, only 106 goals, 277 points. The thing about DeMaio... Uh, more of a defensive-oriented forward. He could check. He could kill penalties. He had good speed and wasn't the biggest guy. 5'10", 190 pounds, but wasn't afraid uh, to be physical and tough and kind of pesky. We're going to go back to one of his better games as an Islander, October 5th, 1991, season opener at the Boston Garden, Islanders and Bruins going at it, and this was a tough physical game. Glenn Healy, the Islanders goalie, going up against Andy Moog for Boston, and the Bruins drew first blood. Stephen Leach, his first, Bob Sweeney and Jeff Lazaro, the assists at 723, but the Islanders get back in the game. They are shorthanded and manage to get an unassisted shorthanded goal from Tom Fitzgerald, his first of the year, and the game is tied 1-1 after two. In the second period, the Islanders go ahead on the first goal of the year by Rob DeMaio. Randy Wood, the only assist that happened just a minute three into the middle stanza. 
Then Brent Sutter makes it 3-1 to one Islanders. David Volok and Tom Curvers with the assists at 4-30, but Boston comes back. Jeff Lazaro scores for Boston. Derek King answers for the Islanders. David Volok and Jeff Norton with the helpers. Then Peter Doris scores with about 5-19 left in the second period. Islanders led 4-3. They hold on for the victory and win it 4-3 as they shut down the Bruins in the third. Good game for Glenn Healy. 33 saves to earn the win, but boy, what a physical fight-filled game this was. Mick Vakoda and Glenn Featherstone dropped the gloves just a minute two in. Then Vakoda took on Stefan Quintal at 624 of the first period. In the second period, the bomber, Ken Baumgartner, dropped the gloves with Lyndon Byers. Then, in the second period, more fisticuffs going on as Ken, Ken Baumgartner and Lyndon Byers dropped the gloves, and then Stephen Leach and Randy Hillier go at it later on in the period. In the third, Chris Knuckles Nyland and Ken Baumgartner go at it, uh, and then Pat Flatley and Stephen Leach dropped the gloves just a minute and 10, uh, 20 seconds later. So a very, very physical kind of a hockey game. Baumgartner had 20 minutes in penalties. Vakoda had 10 for the Islanders. But a big key goal for Rob DeMaio, his first goal of the year. And he is our Islanders' birthday of the day, and we certainly wish him all the best. All right, what do the Islanders have to do? to get back into the the win column and start a new point streak on Saturday. they got to get back to basics. And the important thing, if you're the New York Islanders, is to slow down Sidney Crosby and Jake Gunsel and Kasperi Kapanen. That line got the first goal. And you know what? The most important thing is for the Islanders is to play their brand of hockey. I'm not worried about the offense. There are going to be nights when this team struggles to score goals, but they've got to get back to what they do best in their own zone, play smart positional hockey, and not give up so many quality chances. I get the feeling we see Varlamov again in goal on Saturday. No guarantee, and we'll certainly tweet out that information as soon as we know it and it becomes available, but... In my mind, I think the Islanders will go back to Varlamov uh, in order to prevent a you know negative streak or a losing streak from happening. I think Michael Dalcole will be back in the lineup, uh, probably in place of Kiefer Bellows, and I think that we are going to see uh, that they've got to get Brock Nelson going. I mean, that is beyond the shadow of a doubt. At even strength, you know, Nelson scored the goal, but all on the power play, they have got to get Brock going. He has been struggling. I, I think Josh Bailey has been playing better in recent games uh, after his slow start to the season. And, you know, quietly, uh, Matthew Barzal has kind of quieted down a little bit after his point streak ended a couple of games ago. Uh, again, not worried about Barzi. I think he's the kind of guy who's going to get his chances and going to put him in. Same with Anders Lee. Uh, Lee doing a good job even early in that game last night of getting in front of the goal and creating chances. But I'm more worried about getting back to basics on defense than I am 
about offense. The Islanders really need to take advantage of the fact that the Pittsburgh Penguins are not a great defensive hockey team, and the Islanders should be able to create something to give them a chance to get at least three goals against the Pittsburgh Penguins. All right, we'll be back Monday. We'll talk about the Islanders' defense and uh, why having played only six players all year so far is a double-edged sword for this team. We'll obviously have a full recap and analysis of the game in Pittsburgh on Saturday, and we'll look ahead to the games next week. Uh, Busy time. The schedule doesn't let up, and it won't really for the rest of this season, barring some cancellations, which hopefully won't happen due to COVID protocols. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay safe. Uh, You know, the snow coming down uh, big time last couple of days, so try to uh, stay off the roads if you can. Enjoy the game Saturday night, and of course, let's go Islanders!